0: The following story has been brought to you by stories to inspire.org. Somebody that I know very, very well, and I will call him, we'll give him a name. We'll call him Barry. Barry was not from, Barry was completely not from, Barry was Jewish though, had a stronger Jewish, Jewish identity. And he was looking when in his twenties, he's looking to marry and he wanted to marry a Jewish girls. So he did some research online. He found something called com. Okay which is a Jewish dating site. He happened to have made acquaintance of a nice, from young lady, older lady, who was trying to get married. And when they connected online, he proposed that they meet. And the woman said, are you religious? Do you observe? And he said, no. So she said, I'm not dating you. <laughs> Why would I date someone who's not religious? I'm, I'm a very religious person. Why would I date you? So he said, you know what? I have nothing against Judaism. I don't mind observing more. I just never studied. I don't know anything. Oh, she said, if you don't know anything, I have a neighbor across the street. And my neighbor across the street has Shabbos guests all the time. Why don't you go there for Shabbos and see what it's like? Maybe that'll be your introduction to Yiddishkeit. You're nothing against that. He was very open-minded. He said, sure. Invite him for Shabbos. I can tell you, I remember what happened that Shabbos. And I remember it was not handled in the proper way. He was given a bed to sleep, which wasn't a bed. He slept on a sofa in the living room where the light was on all night. <laughs> um, the things they said to him, it was not these people did not take care of 101. <laughs> they were not graduates of any care, of course. They were not connected to Project Inspire in any way. Project Inspired trains people how to do it the right way. So they did everything wrong. And again, I don't remember the exact conversation, but I remember listening. And I was cringing as I was listening to it. <laughs> to make a long story short, he couldn't sleep all night because he's sleeping uncomfortable couch in a living room. But there was a svarim case. There was a bookcase right near where he was sleeping in the living room, and it was filled with English titles by scroll. So what do you do all night as he couldn't sleep? He took out books and started reading them. He's a voracious reader, a brilliant young man, and he finished quite a few books. Anyway, Shabbos dragged on. And again, I can tell you again, they didn't approach it properly. They, they asked this fellow, they asked this fellow if he wants to come back next Shabbos. And the guy said no, unsurprisingly. And then he said, the reason is no, is because he is a musician. In addition to being in graduate school for whatever he was going for, He's also a musician, and he has a band that's pretty hot. He has a band that's, you know, that's doing very, very well. And the main gigs are Friday night. He plays in clubs on Friday night. This Friday night was an exception, but always he plays on Friday night. There's no way he could come for Shabbos. Fine. They parted as friends. He left. And the following, I believe it was a Wednesday, Barry calls back his host from last Shabbos, and he asked if he could come for Shabbos again. So the host said, I thought you had this band. You have these gigs. He said, I was so enamored by what I read in your house on Friday night that I decided to sell the band. I'm a free man now. Can I come for Shabbos? I met this young man before he was observant. I can tell you. I can tell you. uh, His growth was phenomenal. He's very, very sincere. Did the right thing. Went to learn for quite a while. Learned learned to even an yeshiva or two, even though he was already in his mid-twenties. And today, he is, Bliyayin Hari is a wonderful, wonderful, Yid in his community, he's a pillar of his community, does all the right thing, he has a house with Yiddish HaKindalach, they all go to Cheder, Yeshivas, beautiful. What does this show? <laughs> it shows that if you take an interest, even if you do it wrong, you probably will succeed. <laughs> Akish Baruch Hu wants his children back, and we can play a role in that. We can gain status by A-Kadosh Baruch Hu, Rav by the Kol Nidrej Russia in Mir Yeshiva when I was a bacha there. Every year he used to speak about the same thing. And he said, if you're sitting here in Yushalayim and you're asking HaKadosh Barucho for a kapara for yourself without having asked for a kapara for the yidn who are assimilating it in America, how dare you ask for a kapara for yourself? Hashem's children are suffering. You're not going to daven for them. You can ask only for yourself. Rabbi said, we have a tremendous obligation to care for other yidn. Every one of us, has a tremendous obligation to care. And even if you don't think you know what you're doing, it doesn't make a difference. You gotta simply try. And if you try, who knows what happens? The siyata de is off the charts. I'll share with you a story that was told over by Rabbi Friar Shapiro of Florida a number of years ago. It's a fantastic story. And I don't think he meant to do kirov at all. He's sitting in a restaurant in South Florida and there's a tremendous argument that's breaking out between the waiter in the restaurant, who have been an Israeli young man, and four patrons who were screaming at him, they were not from Miami, they were from another country, and they they were claiming that the restaurant in which they have in their local community would never serve inferior food like they would serve. I'm not going to go into the details. Yeah. It was terrible. And they're screaming at the waiter. Of course, it's not the waiter's fault. But they're screaming at the waiter as though it's his fault. And the waiter is standing there, obviously looking forlorn. But to his credit, he does not respond. Rabbi Shapiro is sitting with his Robinson. As Rebson turns to him and he says, and she says to him, you know, you're always talking about that when someone is shamed and they don't respond, the Bavatar, and they don't respond, so it's based upon a Gemara, that that person is able to give a bracha. That's Makuyim. And of course, Reb Chaim Kedievsky, Zekhazal Gevracha, used to talk about this all the time, tell people to do that. There are many stories about that. This guy was just shamed. He didn't say a word. And was not religious at all. He's wearing a ponytail. But he didn't say a word. And he's Jewish. He's Israeli. You have to go and ask him for a bracha. Reb shapiro Said she was right. She was right. He's always telling other people about this. You got to practice what you preach, right? So he gets him from the table. He goes over to this waiter and he says to him, V'vakasha, ten Bracha. And the waiter says, What? Atar <laughs> Rav, like you're a rabbi, v'ani adam paschut, ni I'm just a waiter. Atar bracha mi meni You want a bracha from me? Like, hello? You are making fun of me. And the rabbi says, No, 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 chas I'm not making fun of you at all. I'm very sincere. And in fact, yes, I am a Rav. Miami, and what I need is X, Y, and Z. Please, just give me a bracha on these things. I need a bracha, and his sincerity was such that the waiter saw that he really, really meant it. So the waiter said, "Okay," he blessed him all the three or four things that he asked him for, and every time that he gave the blessing, Rabbi Shapiro made an emphatic "Amen," and so the waiter saw that he was very, very sincere. The rabbi thanked the waiter. The waiter disappeared. Later on, the waiter reappears. He comes over to the rabbi, and he says, "Rabbi Shapiro." Can you find me a chavrusa? He said, what? Yes, I need a chavrusa. I really need a chavrusa. He said, can I know what happened between a few minutes ago and now that you need a chavrusa? He said, yeah. He says, I was seven when I was thrown out of my first yeshiva. I was seven when my departure from Yiddishkeit started. I grew up in a from family. And because I didn't do well and I was rejected, that's why I left. But now that I see that you, a from Jew, you really, really respect me enough to ask for my bracha? You care about me. You must set me up with the way Rabbi Shapiro tells it. He did not leave the restaurant until he called a person, started learning with this guy. This guy happened to marry married to a woman who was originally from Argentina, it was a Jewish woman, wonderful woman, and she started learning too. And Rabbi Shapiro says that this fellow has moved into community where he's a pillar of the community. He's a chash of yid. He's a person who lives. Now, was Rabbi Shapiro attempting to kill him? No, no, but Hashem wants his children back. What an amazing way to approach the Yamanarayam. What an amazing way to ask for a kaparva Hu by going out there and trying to bring back his children to him. What do you think a Hu's attitude will be towards us if we care about his children and we want to bring them closer to him? How much closer will he feel to us? Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend, stories2inspire.org.